Start off with the intro. Okay, so we'll intro to describing ourselves, I guess, right? Well, you gotta tell them what the show is. What are we gonna do? I like, how we figured out what we're calling it right now? Yeah, I, I like Under Over. The Over Under. Over Under. Over Under Podcast. The Over Under okay, Podcast. Okay, well, welcome to the Over Under Podcast, where uh, we take your suggestions for what we should uh, talk about this week as our top three overrated or top three underrated whatever right yeah this week we're doing movies um which is I, that's the obvious jumping off point i right. guess because we want you we want to give you guys a general sense <laughs> and we have no submissions and, and since we're making we this have, our living room right we now. have no submissions we've done no research we don't really care we just wanted to do this so uh we're gonna start with tv uh, and then if this thing catches on, we'll start taking movies. submissions for or as movies. Uh, that's next week's episode is TV. Um, and then we'll just take submissions for what we should do uh, moving forward. It can be the top three anything, I guess. Should we do? We'll do over underrated. Um, you know, top anything, three anything, I, I guess. Uh, and then, things to do while you're an adult. Yeah, like yeah, what yeah. People look forward to. So then we'll say, yeah, and it's gonna be over underrated, kind of based on what we've experienced or seen, um, and then we'll have some honorable mentions for like what one of us hasn't seen or experienced that the other one thinks is awesome, yeah. or something that you know may have been not far fetched but was included. So uh, then we're gonna have our guests. And you know, it's, yeah, uh, John Voigt's gonna be on the podcast next <laughs> next week. He's gonna uh, be here talking about his daughter, yeah, um, and uh, her breakup. Yeah, so don't it's uh it's a good scoop. So don't so, miss out on that. Just enjoy the show, fellas. All right, <laughs> all right. Let's jump right into it. Um, well, let's start off with our uh, let's start off with our honorable mentions. So honorable mentions, I guess. Are we? So we're talking about underperformed. Are we talking about underperformed or, and Jeff's never seen, Luke's never seen? Yeah. So, and by the way, I guess we should start with our names. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so go ahead and say yours. So I'm Jeff. And I'm Luke. And we're famous. Yeah. Soon to be, I guess. So, uh, I myself have experience in writing. Um, so that's why I decided that movies is going to be my best bet. And Jeff is... I um, am a... Like entry level audio engineer, it's more of a, <laughs> so, it's more of like a pastime. It's not a career. But he met Charlie Theron. But I met Charlie Theron working on, um, uh, <laughs> dark, uh dark places, oh, which I don't think did very well because <laughs> no, that could they, be one of our underrateds. Because they did like, uh, yeah, they had like seven cuts on it, and it came out like. Six months late. She's gonna be um, passing you in the streets now and be like, "I saw your podcast, and I, I'm surprised you didn't mention my movie that I met you on." Yeah, she probably being underrated. I don't think she's gonna remember me. All I did was like get her coffee. She knows that movie's terrible. It. Was I'd be terrible. like, people that famous would just know. They take the money and they're just it like, was. yeah. The other, like, yeah, the other movie I worked on, Oculus. The director looked at me and asked me what I thought about it. And I, I didn't know what to say because I didn't want to be like, your movie sucks. <laughs> he gave him the textbook. I mean. He was, this, he was this French guy. I don't know what else he's done since then. Uh, but, like, I don't know. I was like, um, uh, this is my first time seeing it. So like, I don't, I don't have anything to base it off of. I'm like, it's, it's good. He's like, it's, oh, thanks. <laughs> 
<laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks. We're gonna work with you some more. No, all I did with them was pick up like lunch. <laughs> that was, I remember talking to you yeah. about that. Yeah. What did you do today? I don't much. I just met some famous people and got lunch. I would park people's cars way all the way down the street. Oh but shit. Anyways, okay. So yeah, yeah. Um, so we got yeah we got to get into it because uh, the first episode is gonna be uh, top three. We're gonna start with uh, underrated films. Uh, and we'll go through like rotary. So I'll start with number one. We'll have a little banter back and forth about what we think of that decision, because some we agree with, some we don't. Um, and then we'll do overrated top three movies. Um, and then we'll do we'll do our honorable mentions as far as uh, the Luke's never seen, Jeff's never seen, underperformed. And we're gonna start with those because you guys need to hear them in the context of because we we searched on IMDb for these movies that were we think were either overrated or underrated and some of them may have you know been rated accordingly but they just underperformed so for me something like that would be a movie like what we do in the shadows that was a good movie that was funny okay which was um the guys who were the flight of the concord guys right yeah yeah and it was uh i don't want to mispronounce his name because it's totally new zealand but it's like tayo wakiki he's the one that's doing uh thor 3 ragnarok He's, He's directing it. Oh, really? Yeah. So he did uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, which is the most recent one, which is going to be freaking amazing. And I haven't seen it yet. It's got Sam Neill for, of Jurassic Park fame, which we'll speak on later. Um, but, <laughs> so, so it's got, yeah, yeah. And that's Taika Waititi. He's got a TED Talks out there, and he does fantastic stuff. So he's yeah. featured in all these films a little bit, but he's the director. So if you ever look behind the camera, he's the one there, and he's just fucking amazing. So uh, it's got so it's got Jermaine Clement of you know Flight of the Concords fame and uh, whatever his name is. Their their band. I'm the band manager. <laughs> whoever that whoever that guy is. <laughs> he says Jermaine present. Uh, so it's got that guy in it. Uh, we're, we're werewolves, not squ- not scare wolves. <laughs> Uh, so if you haven't seen that, go see it. But the point is, the point is that it underperformed, but it was rated accordingly because I think on Rotten Tomatoes, on IMDb, it's 7.6 on Rotten Tomatoes. It was like a 95%. So they think you should see it. We think you should see it, but it's not something that's over or underrated. It's just placed perfectly. It just didn't do well. So another one of those, uh, for both of us, which we can both agree on because we watched it together for the first time. It's Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it, you should see it because it's the best movie this side of Mississippi. Uh, yeah. Um, we saw that and you you were like, I've been wanting to watch this. And it was like 10 minutes in. And I recognized one guy. And I was the like. The fat one. Or it was the way it was. No, it Alan Turdick? Alan Turdick okay. from okay. Nats Tale. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my yeah. favorite movies. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Heath. Uh, <laughs> so um yeah and I, and I was just so like the first well I actually didn't get to that point yet because it was the high schoolers in the car or yeah. the college kids yeah yeah, yeah. And college kids, <laughs> yes, yes. it was the college kids in the car yeah. and um I was uh yeah I was like this sucks what are we watching and I got into it and it's a really good movie so the idea the concept of this movie is that it's just kind of like a reverse uh, cabin murder thriller, like serial killer thriller that you'd see where the roles are reversed and the high schoolers end up killing themselves in weird ways and then it looks like these guys did the murder. Anyway, see it because it's fantastic, it's funny, and it's going to tickle your giblets. Um, 
So the only ones we've got uh, for the underperformed, you've got. So we both in Bruges. In Bruges, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell and, uh, and the fat. That's uh, that's uh, so the guy from Professor Mad Eye Mooney. Now I want to say, yeah. uh, so the guy that was in it was his go to Star Wars: The Force Awakens because his name is something, and he was in Ex Machina, Machina, whatever you want to call it. Um, he was in Ex Machina, and his dad is the guy that starred in that movie. What are you talking about? I promise you. Just keep going. Go to Ex Machina. Here. Yeah. Who Let's see if we can for? find him. Uh, Don Hall Gleason is his name. Brendan Gleason is his dad, and he's the one that was in, in Bruges. Aside what does that have Colin to do with Farrell. anything we're talking about? Aside Colin Farrell. He was the other main Why guy. Why did you bring it. up Don Hall Gleason? His dad is Brendan Gleason. Why wouldn't you just say Brendan Gleason? He's more because I didn't know his Don name. Hall. I know it from Don Hall. I gotta connect well, those. Well, why dots. did you just tell me to look up in Bruges? That would have been easier. I guess it would have been easier. Anyways. Uh, but that's a really good movie. Um, kind of like a tragic comedy almost, but not too tragic. Yeah, it's just a good one. Yeah, uh, it's got Peter Dinklage in it too. Oh yeah, he's yeah. the he's the midget. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, of course he's the midget. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So um, yeah, that was one. Another one that we put on our. No, that was. Now we're in honorable mentions, aren't we? Okay. Uh, yeah. So we're in. So we were underperformed there. We could do Jeff's never seen or Luke's never seen. So we only pick movies that we were going to talk about that we've never see, like each we've both seen. Um, and so of course all the movies that I like, Luke hasn't seen. Um, the newest Riddick, just the, that came out in 2013. Um, well, I love Pitch Black, and then The Chronicles of Riddick uh, wasn't very good. Then he came out with that new Riddick. And uh, its IMDb rating was um, like a 5.4, but I think that movie's way better than it. Which I just, I'm against for. everything Vin Diesel, I guess. See, I love Vin Diesel because my other honorable mention is Babylon AD. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you were the last That was a good one. That sound, no, dude, that soundtrack for Babylon, like they had, um, they had RZA doing music for it. See, but your soundtrack, so your motion picture soundtrack, I'm a score guy. Yeah. So I love I love me some freaking good Hans Zimmer. Um, anything I'd like anything Howard Shore that was Lord of the Rings and all that other stuff. Like I, I love score and original motion picture soundtrack. You're probably right because I don't. I mean, well, because I when I was like ten, I had the uh, Toy Soldiers. Yeah, I had the CD, the Toy Soldiers CD um, soundtrack CD, and it had a. Uh, Stevie Wonder War, and it had, um, it had, <laughs> that was uh, Rush Hour 2, though, too. Well, it had, um, what was it, oh, man, um, another one bites the dust, but it was the Wyclef Jean remix. <laughs> Dude, that one was good. Um, it, it was, um, what happened Rush? to Wyclef? Wasn't he, uh, did he have tax issues? Wyclef? Like, with Haiti? Something about well, his donations they, they were, were like, saying false. his foundation, oh, okay. I don't know, I'm, I, I have no idea, you guys have to fact check it. Shout out to Wyclef. But, I think he was like, Hopefully all's well. embezzling, but, okay. I don't, I have no idea, I could you be never wrong, know. totally I wrong. see the IRS is just, um, yeah, so then, also, for my, uh, those are my two underrated honorable mentions, my two overrated honorable mentions that Luke hasn't seen was, uh, The Shining, which... Everyone thinks it's a classic. And you know what? I guess I should clarify because I've seen it, but I was like four. So I don't remember any of it. And all I remember was Jack Nicholson's face from the memes when he's poking his head through the door and then right. whatever. Um, I don't think it was scary. And I think 
once you, the reason I think it's overrated, once you get over the, like if it, if it doesn't scare you, then then it's just a bad movie. Yeah. So yeah, if it, you know, because if if it doesn't scare you, like Red Rum, which goes to one of nice. my most overrated movies in your list. Yeah, we can't talk which about we'll later. talk about later. And then okay, then my next honorable mention. We gotta get these out of the way. We're taking too <laughs> yeah, much time. Yeah, you're right. um, my next honorable mention uh, for overrated is Old Boy, um, the Korean. Is that Korean? So they remade it, didn't they? With like Josh Brolin though. I don't know the original, one, the Korean one. Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, it was. I guess what turned me off was how weird it is. Like super weird. <laughs> it's Korean. <laughs> um, what? The only thing. I mean, I, I agree that it should be. I think it should be like a seven, but they had it up there like an eight point four. Um. The I mean, one thing that was awesome was the 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 hallway fight scene. Where it's just like one continuous take of him like fighting like thirty guys in a hallway. That was pretty dope. Everything else is like he's like, I don't know. It's like one big trip, and I didn't didn't do it. was like a bad trip. So this is completely off topic because we haven't like it's not on any of our lists. But have you seen the raid? Mm-mm. So I haven't seen it either. My brother keeps okay. telling me to watch it. We're gonna sit down and watch it because that's one where you talked about the fight scene and stuff. And there's apparently like this amazing oh, fight scene of them going up and down like. The stairwell. So speaking of Korean movies, um, the Man from Nowhere. I think I got a good IMDb rating. Yeah, seven point nine. Okay. If you guys haven't seen that, that's a badass movie. The uh, the knife fight scene at the end is like one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. Huh. Uh, okay. So look, that's are yeah, you? So ahead. he's done. Yeah, get done. So now my okay, real quick. Uh, my <laughs> honorable mentions. Because these are all movies that I love. None of them are overrated. Uh, so I Married an Axe Murderer is one he's never seen. Uh, it's got uh, Mike Myers in it. It's back when he was a, of SNL fame. And it's probably like one of the best movies I've seen. But it was yeah, it was because that was my generation. Is like back in the day. My sister was like very rogue. And they were all into the like indie stuff. And that was like a very indie movie back in the day. So, so I loved it. Go watch it. Hamlet 2... I have to touch base with this because it's probably my favorite movie ever and I can't put it on uh, underrated because I think it got rated above a six probably and Jeff hasn't seen it so that was the other determining factor but you just love Steve Coogan I love first of all I love Steve Coogan 6.4 so it's borderline because we're going below a six but this movie is a (laughs) 9.9 to me in my heart I know it is because it's got they brought back Elizabeth Shue for this movie. She quit acting. And she even says in the movie that she quit acting. And that she it's all whatever. And they just made her character that. And I think it took forever to make. Just because it was such a weird movie. But it's about a high school teacher. Who makes a sequel to the play Hamlet. Which everybody dies in. So that's why it's so funny. Because he's trying to figure out a way to bring all these people back. And he's Steve Coogan. Which is another reason why it's hilarious. And he's a failed actor. And it's just it's beautifully done. So my number three is In the Loop, and it's on Netflix in the U.S., uh, and it's a British comedy, but it's about uh, politics. It's got whatever the guy say. He was in like one of the Pirates of the Caribbeans. He's this little guy, whatever. He's a politician, and he just like always is stepping on his toes, and it's got Doctor Who in it, whatever the guy's name is. I can't remember his name either. I, can't, I guess I can't remember anybody's name in anything except James Gandolfini, 
I guess because I'm an American and everybody else is British and I don't care about them. So James Gandolfini's in it and then a bunch of British or Scottish people. And that's all I know. And you need to watch it because it's like an office style mockumentary about uh, politics in Britain. And it's just fantastic. So uh, go watch that. But... Now we get to step into what well, main thing. That was all. <laughs> well, we None about. of that stuff mattered. How long did that and We last? took way too long. I don't know. I have it's on bars right now, so I don't. I can't tell the time. Okay, so now we're we're gonna start with our top underrated three, right? So we're doing our top three most underrated films. I'd rather do overrated first. Okay. Just, all right. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. Because I'm more passionate about the. The underrated films, okay. and I want to. So that was just a nice tease leading. <laughs> we're gonna yeah. do our top three gotcha, underrated. People get people get real nice and cozy. Okay, so we're gonna do overrated first, Got and it. I'm gonna start. I'll start. I'm gonna start because my most overrated is I think the second highest grossing movie of all time, um, which is Avatar. I and I hate that movie more than anything, and I feel like a part of it is the product of the marketing engine as far as like the referrals that it got and people going to see it is that crowd mentality of, uh, you know, this so-and-so says this movie is good, so I have to go watch it. And then they leave the theater and they don't have their own views of it. They just go, yeah, I agree. So it's just that aspect of it. But more than anything, it was just that people turned it into this Greenpeace initiative. Like this, James Cameron is saving the world. James Cameron's trying to make a bunch of money. He did it with Terminator. Like, he did it with anything he's ever made. When he dove to look at the Titanic's ruins, he filmed it. He made a documentary of it. Like, it's monetized. Everything that this guy does is for money. And everybody thinks it's just some, some, something that he has that, you know, he's given away for free. Like, that he, that we owe him something well, you can't, because he gave us you this can't masterpiece. Do something that you're passionate about and make money? I think that you can, but I think that also, in a sense, he took that and ran with it. Because I feel like at the beginning, their marketing was just more towards, you know, check out these the cinematography and look at all this stuff and yada, yada, yada. And then when word of mouth started to hit and it was like, this is a movie about, you know, a passionate universe and this is the, the crisis that the earth is facing is they let the ice glaciers melt and stuff like that. Like, I believe in global warming, but you don't have to try and sell it to me as a commoditized well, it, package. Nobody's like, buying it, so we have to sell it. And I guess, no, but that's not what he set out to do. Okay, but, okay, like, but I got to find, find a way to So you don't buy it, but we need people to buy into it. See, so I guess, so now we should state that you liked it. Did you love it? Um, or is it just something where you're like, I've it's seen not, it. Since it came out in the theaters, I've seen it... Uh, Two other times. So I've seen it three times altogether. I okay. like it. Um, I'm excited for the next one. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot he signed on for like three yeah, more. No, I'm, I'm really... When are we pushing those ones out, James? Um, this commodity I, I needs like, your help. No, I liked it. Um, well, I mean, one of my friends told me uh, he liked it the first time he saw it when it was called Dances with Wolves. <laughs> so I know people so, have problems with it. It um, is. It's being the same story that's kind of like a... a cliche it's quasi original it's it's this movie that i mean it stands on its own as far as cinematography as far as the animations as far as cgi like i get it because it took 10 years to make and all this other stuff and he didn't it doesn't warrant the lawsuits that it gets from people who said they were they wrote the story and yada 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 because at its core i feel like it's a basic story it's not this you know 
thought out, crazy, like Christopher Nolan, like mindfuck that everybody feels like it could turn out to be. It's just a solid movie, and it should be treated as that. Like, but having a complex plot doesn't mean it's gonna be a good movie or a bad movie. And that I doesn't make it a better movie this... than one. That I, I mean, the most. What's like the most over like overused trope is boy meets girl. They boy fall meets in blue love. girl. They fall in love. <laughs> boy does something stupid. Yeah. Girl can never forgive mm-hmm. him. So Girl's this dumb is, and forgives him. And but this place in that after. trope. <laughs> right, right, right. But I'm just saying, there's plenty of movies that have done great yeah. that follow that guideline. And I guess, I like, I get it. I just didn't get... Because I heard from people. I heard from everybody I talked to who said, you've got to see Avatar. It's going to change your life, is what they 3D? said. Did you see it in 3D? I saw it, I saw it in 3D. I yes. had the black glasses with the Avatar on the side. So yes, I saw it in IMAX 3D and it was really important that I did that because apparently it just gave more money to the Greenpeace Initiative, aka James Cameron's pockets. But I just heard from everybody and that was the sense of it's going to change your life. It didn't change my life at all. Like I left that movie going, it was it looked really nice, but I don't think any I don't I don't walk out of here thinking I got to recycle more. Or we're going to turn into Pandora. How many times has anything that someone said is going to change your life changed your life? <laughs> Not a lot. Never. P90X, you see how ripped I am? <laughs> Somebody yeah. said it's going to change my life and I went with it. Now I'm jacked. So, but like it, it's, that's the sense of it is that people just said it's, it's going to change your whole mind and how you think about the world and this and that and the other thing. And I get too hyped up. And we always like, that's always going to be something where we talk about trailers hyping up the movie or something else hyping up the movie. That was the entire world hyping up this movie. It wasn't a single trailer that people saw and said, this three-minute clip's going to blow your mind. Because sometimes it does that, and then you go see it, and it's just not as great as you thought it would be. People actually saw the entire film and said, it's going to change every single thing you've ever thought about, and it's going to make you a brand new person. And I walked out of that movie feeling the same way I've always felt. I feel like you're in the minority of people that just went into the theater with that notion. I guess. I went into the theater like, oh, this movie is fucking bomb. Like, go check it out. Like, the, he, he walks and the shit glows when he steps on it. And I was like, dude, that's, that's awesome. Um, but I wasn't like... Oh, this movie is supposed to change. But and the I'm world. in the I'm in the Midwest. I was in the same region as you. We're both in the Midwest. We were both we in probably the Missouri area, and I bet we did see it together. But uh, my circles were saying it's going to change your life. Your circles were saying blue shit, crazy. <laughs> and if I had heard that from my circle, I would have been like, let's try it, and yeah. then I would be here talking about something else. Anyways, all right. So let's get on with that one. <laughs> no, so you, that's your most overrated. That's my most. Why did you start with most overrated? Because we're going to start with most overrated and work our way down. Why would you work your way up? Or we'll just call them all overrated. I mean, can we... I agree that all these are kind of on the same. Okay. Um, so I'll hit it off with you. So my... Can you mess up the order? So my most overrated movie... People are going to hate me. Nightmare Before Christmas. Present company included. I hate that movie. I can't even tell you why. I haven't seen it in probably like 12 years. I don't remember most of it. I just hate it. I don't really like... Anything Tim Burton does. Do you like musicals? No. Okay. So and that's got. I feel like that's got some aspect of it. It's because half of it is songs. That might have been what it and is. And it's it's the I don't know, but it's it, it baffles me that you would hate that movie that much to put it on this list. I'm also a Scrooge. I don't. Uh, 
I don't no, like yeah, he doesn't. No, I guess it doesn't baffle me in that sense because I tried to decorate for Halloween and got fucking crucified because apparently pumpkins are too much. No, you can decorate. <laughs> I'm just not going to help you or give you any money for anything <laughs> yeah. that you decorate with. I don't care. Because it's a waste. I'll, I'll punch a trick-or-treater in the throat. I That's don't fine. care. But I, and you know what? I guess to a certain extent this isn't like polar opposites because I agree with you that it is overrated as like something that these you know, emo kids or whoever it may be cling to and go, this is my inspiration for life. Again, this is people like, it's going to change your life. It's an animated film. And, you know, I, I, I guess I get that. But I still, when I watched it, I enjoyed it. And I guess that's what I got from it. No. And you watched it, like, right away and we're like, mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, when did it come out? Oh, that was 90s? It so, had to have been 90s. It was like 95, 96. Let me, I, I hear, I'll look it up. You keep talking. So I feel like I was like eight when it came out, and that was probably the first time I saw it, and probably one of the last times I saw it. When did it come out? 93. Okay, so I was three years old. So, <laughs> I was eight. No, I was three. So uh, I did not like it. I don't know when I saw it, and I hated it. But mm-hmm. anyways. Um, and it's an eight point, as it should be stated, it's an 8.0 on IMDb, and I think that's too high of a rating for something that's, you know, it's, and it was back in the days of animation and this brand new technology, and I get that Tim Burton kind of spearheaded that, because he worked at Disney for a while and did like Little Mermaid and all this other stuff. So, like, he did great things. What's Tim Burton's best movie? Tim Burton's best movie? Yeah. What did we look at? <laughs> so what do you think his is... best movie is? Oh, I don't like I I can say that I don't like a lot of Tim Burton. Movies. I hate. Tim I Burton. liked I liked Nightmare Before Christmas, but I never saw like Frankenweenie or like any of these other movies that people thought because he started. I guess to to some extent he started a fad that faded off quickly. I guess because they're all the same. Every movie he has is the same, and it's like a Michael Bay type weird thing. as shit with yeah Helena Bonham Carter in it. Yeah, that's very true. I don't care about so. And I guess speaking of that, because I forgot it was a Tim Burton movie. My favorite Tim Burton movie is Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp because it's live action, but it's got it's everything I wanted because I read all the okay the that, Sleepy Hollow. The I'll, Sleepy I'll give you. I'll give you Sleepy Hollow is not bad. And it's a pretty decent flick because it's just all around kind of like. It's, it's suspenseful. It's very like cinematog- cinematographic. I just made the cinematographically beautiful. Um, and then I just, I, I don't know. I was young. I was young when I saw it. So I liked the storyline. And I, I don't know. It may have like younger, you know, stuff in it. But I, I loved it when I saw it. So I can dig Tim Burton movies. But I don't think they're on the level that everybody thinks they are. I you just it. hate them. Like, you just don't like him. And that's... Anything about him. I guess that's weird to me, but I guess... I Because I can understand it. I can empathize with that because he's got a certain style where it's like, if if you hate it, you hate it. And if you love it, you love it. I just found out uh, he did the Planet of the Apes remix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. And I was going to put that in one of my (laughs) underrateds, but it didn't make it cut because it was all right, but it wasn't great. I mean, it wasn't. Because he hates Tim Burton always. Just when I saw it, Directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. It immediately got cut. Like, oh, I wish list. you guys would have saw his face. Because he goes, ooh, he goes, Planet of the Apes, we were looking for our most uh, cr- criminally underrated movies. And he goes, ooh, Planet of the Apes. And he saw it was directed by Tim Burton. Just goes, oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No Take it with a grain of salt. But that's how it is. I mean, that's the style that we talked about. I mean, that's with any Michael Bay movie. But you're have, either in or you're out. Like, he didn't really have his Tim Burton style in that. I feel like... 
I feel like no, that was Planet one of the, the Apes. It was entirely different. I feel like someone was like, I feel like someone in the studio was like, "Hey, yeah, you want to do this? You want to do this bullshit? Yep. We need, we need <laughs> yeah. you to try to make this Planet of the Apes." Because he was that, that was at some point because Helen Bonham Carter was not in that. Are you sure? Was she? I think she was. Oh, shit. If she was, then that's, look, look at him just fitting anyway, her in. If on. she was a monkey or whatever, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess she could have fit in. But you know that is that is what it is. She so, was good in Harry Potter's. You know, and you're right. But so, that's but that because was when Tim Burton didn't direct And it. that's when they divorced. So they just hated each other. Good. Maybe she could decide. Could, <laughs> yeah, she found herself. Yeah, she that. used that. Because another one Burton was in uh, 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 Fight Club. She was really good in that. And that was not Tim Burton. Yeah. And so she she fits that mold. And everything else is like you saw the new Alice in Wonderlands. You saw Sleepy. Uh, like anything else that you But she was weird as shit in Fight Club. She's strange. Well, yeah, but she was weird Played and that. good. She's weird and everything. So, anyways, all right. No, your next my, one. Uh, so his, this we're is my in, next. We're what? We're at half an hour. We gotta hurry up. Oh hell yeah! So my next overrated um, is this movie. It's a newer movie. It's called It Follows. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's a horror movie, and it's this new generation of horror movies about this otherworldly possession. That you have uh, transmitted to you from having sex with another person. Who has it on them. Who has it on them. They pass it down to you. And then basically this person, this otherworldly person, this paranormal entity follows you. But it can only follow you as um, a human concoction of itself. So it's like it possesses certain things and then it chases after you. And it chases slowly, like in the traditional it horror run, movies. It, just it doesn't run, it just walks. And then uh, it's about these people that get, or this girl that gets possessed by it. And then she's trying to figure out which one's trying to chase her and who it is. And yada, yada, yada. I was done with it. And the reason I was done with it was because of this referral engine again. It was because I, it got a hold of me. People saying It Follows is this new generation of horror movies. That's what I heard too. And it's, it's something you got to see. you got to check it out. So talking on like scores and movie soundtracks, like the score for it, I will give it that was great because it was intense. It kind of kept you up on suspenseful. Edge. Yeah, it kept you on edge. But if you watch that without any score tied to it, you lower the audio all the way. It's just this movie about a girl who is paranoid about nothing and Who's people briskly, who are following her slowly. Is briskly walking yeah. away from a, so, so, from a no. Demon. She's running. She's running her ass. She doesn't off. have to though. And, uh, no, she, no doesn't, she doesn't. Not at all. Because all you like, all you see in the background and most of these things, because there were a couple scenes where it's like, okay, we have to throw this in here because now she's got to be in this small area and they're like breaking a window or something because that's really important to show that no matter where she's at, they can follow her. But if she was outside the whole time, it's not a big deal because you talk to your friends, you're like, hey, Jeff, this is really Jeff, right? And then you just go, yeah. And then I go, okay, great. And then I talk to like my friend Carl and I'm like, are you Carl? And if he goes, meh. <laughs> then I just run and I'm gone and it's over and I get far away. And then you just pass it on. And it's and the it kind of the morality aspect of it. Yeah. She was like, I, I can't give this to anybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not ethically humane for me to give this disease to somebody else who might get killed from it. And the guy that was in it, the real true like uh, it, guy was the one that was like, give it to me, I'll take it. But he was like some infant kid that's just like wanted to have sex with this woman. And he's like, you, should, you shouldn't be possessed. Give it to me. 
And then he's like, he's like, like yeah, about, I love you, yeah. And then at the end, it was like, because everybody's like, it's not a movie where everybody says like the ending, like brought the movie together or anything like that. By no means was it like this crazy ending, but it wasn't even an ending that I thought warranted watching the movie because they just, you'll have to watch it. I guess I won't spoil it, but like, it's just the ending is, is bland. It leaves the whole thing kind of wide open, but not in the sense that you think there's going to be a sequel or anything like that because it was completely like independent, I think, by all means. It wasn't anything that they tried to leave open for a sequel, but it just did not tie together at the end. It was just more of a, you know, we lost um, our scriptwriter, uh, got in an accident, and his arms won't work, so we're just going to patch this together the best we can. Uh, so that's that's what it felt like to me, but that's why that's why I put it up there. All right. So my next overrated is the Matrix, mm. and I'm gonna say. I mean, I guess I'll just bunch it up as the trilogy. I could, yeah. Uh, and I gotta say, I haven't seen the third one because the second one bored me. It was enough to be like, this is too derivative, and I don't get it. Um, I just think. I think what made it popular in its time was the effects, yeah. the slow mo. Yep. Everyone, you know, back at I mean, when I was in you know middle school, everyone was pretending to dodge bullets in slow mo, uh-huh. and I think that's what kind of did it. Um, but I just don't can't bag on Keanu Reeves too much. Yeah, because he's done he's done good by what? by I mean, my standards. Speed, which I guess. Oh, we should look at something else because I would have put this on my top. Uh, the replacements. Oh, the replacement. The replacements is a good movie. So, That's his best movie. Speaking on Keanu Reeves, uh, the replacement six point five. Okay, six point five. Anyways. So we wouldn't have put it on the list, but it's still underrated. Because so I just, I mean, I feel like I'm not going in depth enough. You don't uh, have to. Other than like this, it's too. Other than the uh, the effects, and it was a cool idea. Yeah, but. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Kind of bugged me. Yeah. Um, What's that guy's name? He was uh, he was in Captain America. He's a hail. Uh, I don't know. Hydra. Uh, yeah. So. And then, I don't know if it's because I haven't given another chance, which maybe I should, but. I was super confused <laughs> by the story. Um, it might have been my age when I watched it, but. I'm not. I just. I was never a fan. I don't even. I, I don't think I saw the third one either. Yeah. Um. No, I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't follow it. And it gets to a certain point where there's like people that are like, "Ooh, you gotta see the Matrix because like it blows your mind the way it like comes together or whatever." But I was lost in the derivative nature of the first one. They tied it. They tied it together at the end with the whole. My name is Neo, but like that's the only important part to me is that he's um normal average everyday joe who's just cast in this world of like he's got to be a hero and then he finally accepts that at the end and that's all i got from it like everything else the binary everything everything. red and blue was like great but i I just you know it's it's it got to a certain point to me where i was like they just they found all these effects that they could use and they just went with it and they tried to make a story that followed that but at a certain point, and especially with the second and third one, it was like, this is too much. This is really too much. 
Yeah. And Mr. By the way, the old lady. Was, what movie was she? Yeah, in? the I can't old lady who was like the, she was like the like the Oracle. The I Oracle. Think. She was in the first one, I think, and she may have been in all of them, like throughout. What the fuck's up with but that? Just, I don't get it. <laughs> so, that's okay. I guess that's my problem. People are gonna think I'm stupid. I don't get it. Well, so they made fun of. It. I guess the way you could tell it's more like of a canty way to do things is they made fun of it in Scary Movie Three, which is not even a scary movie. That's not a horror flick by any means. The Matrix isn't. But they thought that was funny and weird enough to be like, we're gonna we're gonna talk on that. Which, by the way, uh, your uh, Mr. Anderson is Hugo Weaving of yeah. uh, V for Vendetta and yeah. uh, Matrix, and he was in Hacksaw Ridge. Which, by the way, he was the dad in Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge, um, going off topic, it's uh, gonna underperform. Um, it's not gonna be underrated because I think it's like an eight point nine right now, which is really solid. But I don't think it should be. Oh, you think it should be less? Um, I think Hacksaw Ridge should be a, a strong seven, maybe. Yeah. It's a good movie. Well, that's okay. It's a good movie, but like... I feel like it might fall to that. Too. I feel like Mel Gibson's trying. I feel like Mel Gibson's trying to convert everybody who. No, and it is. Movie. It feels like religious pandering. And I guess you're talking. So, uh, I'm a Christian. You're not. Right. And so that's from a, a non-biased standpoint of me coming to this movie going, okay, it was almost too much. And then you kind of feeling the same way because you shouldn't be I, – I mean that shouldn't be the use for the movie at all. And especially when you're going to use those kind of undertones of you know blood and gore and guts and gross. Uh, but I thought altogether like the general concept of the movie was pretty decent. Right. The second half of the movie was awesome. I mean everybody's going to love that's that. That's what I've heard most. That's what everybody's going to talk about is, is the first half of the movie is, is – is Hugo Weaving just like drunk talking about my friend Carl? He got his guts blown out, and I hope the same for you. Like you're it just was gonna, nice looking yeah. in his uniform. You're gonna love Hugo Weaving in this movie because he's just fantastic American. Anyways, all right. Um, what, what do you got next? This okay, is your so, number three already. This, this is my number three already, and it's Christopher Nolan, which I love. Christopher Nolan hated this movie, Interstellar. And I, I guess I shouldn't say I hated it. I guess I based this off of the difference between how I would rate it and how people rated it. So I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it was 9 point something. On IMDb, it was an 8.9 or 9.1 or something like that. Something, And I would take it down to like a 6 point something. No, I disagree. Um, I liked it. I thought it was just a little bit too long. I thought it was definitely too long. I thought it was a little bit too long. Um but I'm like, I mean, you know me. I like all that space. I like everything about See, space. See, I love space. Wormholes and I, and I guess I wouldn't call it the Matrix effect, but the special effects kind of carried that movie. I wouldn't. Too and the story effects. by itself was like it was kind of back and forth, and it was a structure that was hard because I love Inception, right? And I love the structure of Inception, even though it was kind of back and forth. But this movie was so back and forth that I could not follow it. And Anne Hathaway. It's just a product of another generation in this movie. Because she was in... There was a particular part, which is... I, I bet it's why I hate this movie. If it was not in it, I would probably love it. But there's a part in the movie where Matthew McConaughey is, like, watching a video of his... No, no, no. He just learned that the reason they're out there is not to come back. They're not going to come right. back. And they're going to start a new population or whatever and Anne Hathaway kind of like knew about it but she didn't know about it and we're not sure yet so she's just sitting in the background there's this wide angle shot of Matthew McConaughey like 
being real serious about what happened here. And Anne Hathaway's face is a fish that is bawling its eyes out and will not stop. Because they did two takes. It was like Matthew McConaughey talking with Anne Hathaway in the background. And Jeff's going to see this. Nobody else is going to see this. She's going... <laughs> and then they cut away to something you else. I remember you paused. We, yeah. we, we watched it like and I, two I've, months ago. Oh, I've saved so many and screenshots of it. Right? And I send it to everybody when I have that face. Like, oh, I'm sad. I'll send them that Anne Hathaway. And it should be a meme in and of itself. And I'll try and make it one tonight. But... So she's making that face. They cut to somebody else talking. Go back to her. She's still got that face on. And it's just enough for me to like laugh out loud, be like, this is not what I expected. And then, but beyond the whole scope of things, I feel like it was visually driven, which I, I mean, I love visually driven movies, but the substance for me was not enough for, like for me to pay attention. It didn't resolute with me. Like it wasn't something where I was thinking resonate, like, resonate. I'm sorry. Whatever. Resonate. Well, I don't want people Same thinking thing. we're yeah, stupid. So yeah, people think I'm illiterate now, but so it didn't resonate with me in the sense that like, I didn't think about it later on. And I guess that's cause it's, it's counterintuitive to the avatar aspect where I think it's too much pandering. And this one is just like not enough to make me think otherwise, but like, in general, I just I, I think it was like way too back and forth, and the structure like in between the beginning and the end was kind of just filled in with these ways to patch it together, and not necessarily the best ways. But like we're gonna do it this way, and we're gonna have this, and then at the end there's gonna be this huge reveal, and then all of a sudden it's gonna blow your mind. And I was I was against it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That is like I, don't know. I don't know. I'm in the middle. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so okay, my third overrated. We gotta hurry up. My third overrated is uh, The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, why I think it's rated too high, uh, is because it gave us Haley Joe Osment. Gave us Haley Joe Osment? Yeah. Wasn't he in something else before that? Uh, well, he didn't get big before it. I guess. Maybe. But, look it up I don't know. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of M. Night. Um, and, I don't know, I think... I see dead people. Like, it's just so... I don't know. I, it just didn't hit home with me. Yeah. Because um, Haley Joe was in... He was in... Uh, uh, Secondhand Lions, right? That yeah, was a really was good after. movie. And that was... That was a really good movie. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what he said before. I just didn't think it was a... I think the twist is what got everybody on it. Like, was like, oh, man, it was so good because I had no idea. Uh, but if you like went into it and and knew that what was gonna happen, you'd be like, "Oh, this movie is." But uh, if you knew what was gonna happen, that spoils the reveal. I can watch movies that have twists over again, and be like, "Oh man, yeah, that's good," and it builds on the twist a little bit more. But I don't, I don't think that one does. I think it's just like, because that's what anybody does. He so he has you, movies, and then all of a sudden it's like. The twist. Yeah. And he's what and a twist. like that's the Saturday Night Live. Or not Saturday Night Live South Park. And it's like and it's like, okay, so you just like it'd be like, Oh hey, we're doing a over under podcast. But now it's a cooking show. <laughs> twist. It has no, nothing, it has it's nothing to do show. with anything that we've been talking about for the whole forty minutes. I but will now say it's a, now it's a, now it's how the movie how the podcast is. So I can speak to I think all of America when I agree that M. Night Shyamalan's latest vehicles have not been the best. But I think Sixth Sense was terrific. I think uh, Signs was better than Sixth Sense. Signs? I, I like Signs. Signs. I like Signs. Um, I think The Village was okay. I never saw it. 
I think the village was just okay. And that's when I think he started to fall off. So, uh, and un- uh, Unbreakable, Bruce Willis. That sucked. And I think that was in between. That movie was awful. And I, again, I thought it was just okay. So, and I, so there's like this discrepancy of when he started to fall off, but you think that he fell off from his first movie. Because I think that was his first movie, like... The one that he just introduced himself to the world with was six. I'm not saying it's really bad. I just say it's. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an overrated. Yeah, category, yeah, yeah, and you're right. Where you're right. I don't think it's as good as what everyone thinks. I think Signs is better, but it's Signs is not rated better. Signs is a shit, man. And talking on Mel Gibson, I mean, because he's making a comeback with Hacksaw Ridge, he directed it. But I think that was one of his best movies because he really played no, the part. In that payback one. was his best. movie. Payback was a brilliant payback. Movie. You seen Payback, right? And all the lethal weapons. I mean, obviously, but yeah. Payback though, like. He played the anti-hero, like, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think, so, Ransom was another fucking really good. Have you never seen Ransom? Uh-huh. Ooh, we're going to watch that. It's got Gary Sinise in it, and he's just a horrible guy. I don't but know you never that think that of Gary Sinise. Um, but, all but right, I, th- so. I think Mel Gibson in, in uh, Signs was, like, his most underrated role. I will say that, because I think he played it well. And I think that movie by itself was really good. But I, you're right. I think M. Night Shyamalan movies after that, I mean, we, we're not going to talk about uh, The Last Airbender or like The Devil. <laughs> the last I guess, Airbender. but I've heard Devil is okay. And he's coming back with like The Visit, The Visit, I guess is what I meant. Like oh, yeah. I've been wanting to see that. Was that split one? It's got, okay. So, oh, uh, with uh, James, James McAvoy. McAvoy. Right? Professor X is in it. Yeah. And he's got split personality. He's got like 30 of them. That's all we know from the trailer. I guess we don't know enough about the trailer to know anything about this movie. It could be the I see the trailer and it looked good. So, Uh, But all his trailers look good though. And they do. So that's why I'm thinking it might be the Shyamalan effect where we go see it and go, this this is fucking terrible. I don't know what James McAvoy was doing the whole time, but whatever. So, but it looks good from the trailer. So, go see it, and we're going to have our own opinions after. Maybe he'll have a resurgence. He'll be the Robert Downey Jr. of directors. Speaking of Robert Downey Jr., uh, that movie. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Kiss, Bang. Kiss, Bang, Bang. Ooh, Bang. I knew Kiss, you were Kiss, going there. Movie? Yeah. Oh, but, man. so that's our underperformed, but definitely it's still underrated because I'd give it a 10. It was just a great that movie. That movie was amazing. And Val Kilmer was freaking amazing. That should have uh, been which, Val Kilmer's comeback movie. And Val Kilmer, I'll put him in two spots because I don't know where MacGruber's at. You have have you seen MacGruber? You haven't seen. Uh, I've seen parts it. of it. I think. Let me So Yorma Tacone of the Lonely Island fame is the one who directed it, and they just announced they're coming out with a, a second one. But this is, uh, I got these <laughs> Doctor Strange pop-ups everywhere. Um, so I think MacGruber's five point five. Ooh, I would have put that on my number one. So, MacGruber is one of the most underrated movies ever. It's a Yorma Tacone movie of The Lonely Island, but it's got um, uh, uh, Val Kilmer as the titular antagonist. And it's just a good movie, so watch it. Um, all right, so let's go to uh, underrated now, right? So now we're on underrated. So I'm going to start. Ooh, my favorite part. Um, I'm going to hit you guys with a rom-com. Um, Fool's Gold. Kate Hudson. Good. Matthew McConaughey. Which they had a few, but that was one of the best. That's... I mean, in the so, scenery. So uh, let me set the scene. When did it come out? Look up when it came out. It's got to be like two thousand six. Because I was there was like a weekend when I was sick at my uh, oh, two thousand eight. I was living with my parents. I was sick, and it was on HBO every like six hours. 
And so I, in that weekend, I saw it like three times because it was like the only thing I was willing to watch. But it's a solid film. But it's good. And uh, what was the IMDb rating on it? Let's. Yeah, I think it's a five. So it's five something. So it's 2008, it, first of all. 2008. It's a 5.7 out of 10. 5. But we 7. should note that Metascore, which is kind of the balance between what the user ratings are and critics' ratings, Metascore is a 29. Criminally underrated as far as Metascore goes. Uh, so, like, they're on a. It's. They're, di- they're going looking for treasure, which is awesome. <laughs> it's always awesome. They're. Kevin Hart's in it. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. That's before Kevin Hart was... I mean, Kevin Hart's on another level now. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he was just about to be that guy. Yeah. Right around then. Which that was... He was in what, all the scary movies, which was he was that guy, right, right. too. Um, but, um, dude, he was good in it. It had the guy... Uh, that real guy talks like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know that. What's uh, You know that... Oh, the I know guy, you're talking about. He's the, British. The, yeah, he was in. Uh, I saw him in a movie just recently, and I'm trying to point it out. He's in you everything. Guys know I'm real. Um, no, I don't know. Um, he's in everything. Anyways, that guy's awesome. Um, I don't know. It's a good. It really is. It's. Yeah. A, I think it's a really good movie. I don't know. Like, this is. I. I, I feel bad because I can't really back up my overrated and underrated because they're all right. Ray Winstone. Winstone. Yeah, dude is a beast. Yeah, um. Is. Anyways, uh, I think, I think it's underrated. You can back them up by the ratings and just say they're underrated. <laughs> People uh, just have to watch. I'm, I can't go in depth. Like <laughs> yeah. I just have like he. You're very like you have points and you're like this is why and this is why. And I'm just like I just liked it. But I it think felt good. But it so, was a good watch. So I think you're right about this one. You don't have and to th- I don't have points. You don't have to think too hard in it. Yeah. No, I really don't have points for this one. I can't Matthew pick out McConaughey and Kay Hudson play off each They're other both very sexy well. As hell. Yeah. I can give them that. Yeah. Like any one of them if they were to walk up to me. If 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 Matthew McConaughey walked up to me and was like, I want to have sex with you right now and I wasn't sure about Kate Hudson, like she was still there, I'd be like, Yeah, let's do this. Like, I wouldn't even pursue her. I'd be like, nope, we'll just go for it. You and I. Right, yeah. We're good. Like, yeah. I'm not gay, but $20 is $20. No, not even $20. I'd pay you. <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. But uh, he's, he's... Anyway, that's a good movie. He's good. All right, hit him with yours. So my my number three, fittingly, is uh, the third movie in a trilogy, and it is called Jurassic Park Well, it's Park not a trilogy anymore. Three. Well, yeah. It's an an or not an anthology. It's just a... Whatever you'd call that beyond Lots three. of movies now. Yeah, lots of movies now. Uh, Which, by the way, I guess we could... Ch- I would almost say that Jurassic World is overrated. I couldn't quite get there with what I had. I don't like uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't like Bryce Dallas Howard as much as everybody else does. I think Chris Pratt could have been better used in that movie besides the script he was given. And I think that Jake Johnson didn't get enough airtime because I love him more than life itself. He's Nick from New Girl, by the way. Jake Johnson is the best. Yeah, and he played a character that I was for Halloween. Uh, my girlfriend was Bryce Dallas Howard, and it looked amazing. That's probably why I don't like your girlfriend. Probably why. <laughs> so, this, besides the point, because what we're talking about is a underrated movie, which is Jurassic Park 3. Because let me first say, this was the return of Sam Neill. To the trilogy, right? So The Lost World was Jeff Goldblum all the way. And I love Jeff Goldblum. 
Right, and it had Vince Vaughn. In I don't it. even it rate. Really good I don't even rate Jurassic Park two as a Jurassic Park movie. And it really like it's, it's it kind of gets lost in translation because it it sort of stands on its own because I get the idea of so it was Isla Sorno and Isla Nublar, which are these islands, and then one is a different one, and then there's some dinosaurs house on this one. So this one's going to be we're taking photos of this one. Yada yada, whatever. I get lost in all that. This one is just from beginning to end about this kid. Action packed, yeah, rescue. it really is. I'm, a, I agree with you on this one. So uh, and yeah, because it's we both said <laughs> somebody said it like when we were scrolling through movies and we found it and we're like that was at I the think, same time. Yeah, he said, said I think Jurassic Park three was the best Jurassic Park and I was like no way. So back when it came out, um, it might not even mean when it came out. My little brother, who at the time was, um, I think six. Watch Jurassic Park three every single day, and so he would watch Jurassic Park three. You know, how little kids rewatch the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah. He would rewatch Jurassic Park three every single day, and then I would be like, you know what, this movie's pretty damn I'm good. Try this out. I was like, you know what, I gotta watch it again. I might as well enjoy it. Yep. Um, but that was it. Was just one of those movies where, from beginning to end, I was I was in it. I was ready to go because it was about. So first of all. Brought back the main character, Sam Neill's guy, right? So he wasn't, he was not involved in the second one. In the third one, they're trying to get him back out to the islands, and he even states at the beginning, he's like, "I'm not going back out to that island. No, no force on heaven or earth will get me back on that island." Mm-hmm. I think that's a direct quote. So check it out. But so then the guy offers to pay him William H Macy, his character, right? Mm-hmm. Kirby Paint and Tile Plus working. Uh, so he pays him money to get him to do. Can a you do the? Can over. you do the, uh, the the phone ring jingle? That was it. But you're right. So he's paying time plus working. I can't remember if it says like working. I think it says working. But whatever. So William H Macy pays him a high dollar. And if I was saying this because they broke. So I try to put myself in the character. I say this is not something he would do. But he goes, okay, I'll pay you a whole lot of money, like millions of dollars, just to have you fly over the island with me and point out things that you saw. Or like, you know, we'll fly real high and that's what's up. So then Sam Neill, being the guy that he is who wants money, um, yeah, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm in. I guess let's do it. I'll, we'll fly over. I'll point out things, whatever. Uh, and then he gets hoaxed into going on the island. So I'm already in at that point. And then it turns out this guy's looking for his son, which is another aspect of it. And then Billy. So I think it's Billy is the guy's name who is like Sam Neill's like protege. He's trying to teach him the reins, but also he's like a corporate jockey yeah. in a sense. And he just he wants to get the, the photo. He takes yeah, and the he egg. steals that fucking egg. And everybody, when he steals that egg, they're like, whoa. And then what have Sam, you done? Neill, Sam Neill says it better than anybody on earth. He goes, Billy. You know better than the people that built this place. And then, oh, I was in it. I yeah. was in it forever. The fucking, the pterodactyl cage. The pterodactyl cage. Oh. And when he's jumping across the pillars and he's getting plucked by the pterodactyls as he's going and then gets thrown in the river as he's going. Like, rightfully so, Billy. I didn't want you to die. And you didn't. So it was just perfect. And then at the end, when they're like in the wilderness and they're trying to figure all this out and they run out through the jungle, they're like, we got to get to the beach and they get to the beach and they finally have all the naval forces just like pointing at the island and they realize that they're good to go. Okay. One thing you didn't touch on, best part of all the Jurassic Park movies. What? The Raptors. The Raptors. I mean, that was, all, that was an all Raptor movie. So, and can I say that almost Jurassic World is, is it's, Not it's underrated 
But that's what brought it up to the point where it's at now is because they brought the Raptors to a new right. territory, which is we're going to train these Raptors to be on our side. And then I was Running with motorcycles and, and yeah, shit. Like, here we that go. was the best scene. It really was. So that's another semblance of the trailer, like doing better than the movie. So anyway, that's – and the score itself. Like talking about movie scores, like I'm really driven by the songs. So Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, any of that other stuff. Like the scores are great. Listen to them. They're fantastic. Right. All right, so my number two. So we started from least overrated to our most overrated, right? Yeah. Because I'm saving my, yeah, my yeah. best one for last. You're number two. Good. Okay, here's, here's my number two overrated, which I know you disagree with. Uh, bench warmers. Yes. Uh, I think that is hilarious. <laughs> um, but you got to have points. So um, I'm drawing blanking. Uh, okay. lead guy's so name. let me talk. No, the lead guy's name. What? what uh, uh, Rob Schneider. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I couldn't think of that. Rob Schneider gets his own movie other than uh, the one where he's an animal. The animal. That movie. That <laughs> the movie one where he was an animal. That movie the sucked. Um, okay, so he gets his own movie. He carries it pretty well. But he was in. Um, was he in Deuce Bigelow before that? I feel like another terrible yeah. movie. No, woo. I didn't like it. Deuce Bigelow one was good. Mm-mm. Eddie Murphy or not? This is another. This is another topic. Eddie Griffin. We'll do the top three reasons why I hate every Rob Schneider vehicle and Jeff loves it. Uh, anyways, I mean, I, I'm about to show you this rash. Uh, okay. Um, John Heater. Heater? John Heater. Heater. Yeah. Um, of Napoleon Dynamite of fame. Napoleon Dynamite fame. Which he, like, so I will say that he was... I, mean, I was never really a big Napoleon Dynamite fan. I was never a big Napoleon Dynamite fan, and I'd say in that movie, and um, there's another one that I liked him in, uh, School for Scoundrels, I think it was, with Billy Bob Thornton. He was pretty good. Yeah. But he was, you know, he was okay. And then... Who David was, Spade. David Spade. David Spade. David Spade's never been in a bad movie. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> is that right? David Spade's David, never been in a bad movie. David Spade's never been in a bad movie. That is American... <laughs> Uh, Tell that to the Do Over on Netflix, which is probably his most recent film with Adam Sandler. It was fucking terrible. He was in the Do Over. Yeah, he was one of the main characters. That was a good movie. I, I was oh, thinking something else. The Do Over was good. Kill me. All right. Anyways, um, bench warmers. John Lovitz is. Funny I like John. Lovitz. John Lovitz is yeah. funny. John Lovitz is the creepiest. It, dude it, it's like John Lovitz and his son, and his yeah. son's like really. The kid would sit on the sun. Like yeah, the kid would yeah. sit and just make him like eat farts. How is that not hilarious? So you must have been that kid. No, no, no. That's why you don't like it. There's always something in some of these movies that's like fucking hilarious, right? But the whole film itself, I can sit there and go, "This is terrible," because I feel like that's the point where Adam Sandler lost his originality and moved on to something where he's having fun with everybody he's with, which he talks about it right now openly. He talks about. Um, that movie with Jennifer Aniston where they go and the break I don't know if it's the breakup the break no that's uh, oh they go to um, or whatever where they get it's got Brooklyn yeah whatever yeah yeah and so yeah so it's got that in it but that's when they go that's when he started bringing everybody to it's just like hang he, out with them really. it's like go with it I think isn't it yeah just go with it just go with and it and that's his mentality now is just go with it like I'm gonna fly you out to this island we're gonna see if we can make a movie and then uh, we're going to throw together something, and it's going to be great. Like, you know, Jack and Jill probably took the most work out of any of his movies in the past century because he had to duplicate himself and then act, like, twice. 
And it was also the worst movie ever. I never watched Jack and Jill. Uh, Just Go With It was pretty good. Nick Swarton, hilarious. Yeah, I liked him. Um, but he's always got the... He's got lines... He's like an Adam Sandler movie to me. Because he's got lines that I love. But in general, I'm like, meh. But... Um, and Blended was pretty good. I guess I didn't see that one either. Blended was... That uh, was, uh, was uh, Drew Barrymore. But you have to like... See, the thing... Uh, now I watch... It's kind of sad. I watch Adam Sandler movies now with like a grain of salt. <laughs> I know you do. I'm just like, hey, for an Adam Sandler movie now, it was pretty good. Yeah. And you know, you see Billy Madison and Big Daddy and Why, yeah. Happy Gilmore. You and watch it back then, and it's almost like a, you like, feel sad for him. But you can't because also, I feel like he knows. So that's the game. That's yeah. the game he's playing. Is I'm just having fun with these people, so I could care less. Kind of like Eddie Murphy, though. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, for real. What like, is it? What is their deal? I, you know what? He's gonna do all those movies. I'll be their agent. Go then you just need to call me, and I'll Which, tell him what hey, movies to that, do or not to do. So there was an Eddie Murphy Murphy with Ben Stiller, and it was called Money, the Money, something. I, I can't remember. The but money was, I won. The money. I don't the money is mine. Was, I won the money. That was a pretty good movie. We can talk about that being underrated, but uh, not no. Okay, but yeah, Bench Warmers. I think it's great. So your number one. Now we're to my ne- no, my number two. Oh yeah. And my number two is a movie called Timeline, which I just realized is a Michael Crichton book, which is also Jurassic Park. He oh, really? wrote that, and I just now figured that out. I didn't. This know is that. not. I didn't do this preemptively, and I'm sorry if this just follows suit. <laughs> but this is a movie, so I don't think Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park three. I think he got to Jurassic Park, he did The Lost World, and then he died, or whatever. So Jurassic Park 3 was on its own. He wrote Timeline, I'm pretty sure. And Timeline, converted into a movie, I think is the best movie, which is also the most underrated transition from a book ever. So it's got Paul Walker in it, right? R.I.P. Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler, before he became famous, and he's this Scottish prince of everything, that I love more than anything. And so he's going throughout this whole time, everything, and I'm just waiting for Gerard Butler to pop out and go, the Scottish are coming. And I'm just, oh, I love Gerard Butler. So he was in it. There was uh, some old British dude was like Paul Walker's great uncle or whatever, and he talks really funny, and I was digging that. But the whole concept of the story, like it really drew me in. And the beginning scene... Where there's a guy who's like in, I think, the desert of like Arizona, and there's a car driving, and then all of a sudden, this just medieval dude like comes out of a portal of nothing and stands in the middle of the road and gets hit by like the car or whatever, and then they go from there, and it was freaking awesome. And the whole idea of they're trapped in this timeline because of, because you you can like think of like they're trapped in this timeline because of like some weird thing or whatever. I loved the aspect of you can't bring any modern weapons or anything like that in because it could distract from like what people think you are and then make them think you're like a warlock or a wizard or whatever who carries the future. This guy brings in a grenade, right? So that's what what tears apart the timeline. Is so they're going into the past and this guy has a grenade and he gets shot with an arrow and his first instinct is to pull out the grenade and rip the pen apart. But also, he gets drawn back into the timeline that's back in yeah. the current yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what explodes the whole thing up. So when I saw that, it was like, I'm fucking in. <laughs> I'm ready to go. These people are trapped. How are they going to get out? Everybody else saw that, I feel like, and was like, mm, I'm over it. So I don't get 
how I, I, I just I think it's criminally underrated because that in and of itself, the whole story of they're going to get trapped in this timeline because one of their own um, kind of just blows it all up. It literally so pun intended uh, is I think the greatest thing ever. And then them trying to find their way back and then getting caught up in all this like this side quest is like perfect. And I love it more than anything. And the acting, the script, the scenery, everything else was like, it was enough. But I think the story itself, and I think Michael Crichton probably wrote it better. I never wrote, like, read the book. But I feel like it, it just brought the whole thing together and made me like just be involved. I think it's also one of the more uh, tidier, if that's the right word, time travel movies. Where they don't get too much into the complexities of like... No, they really don't. It's like a river... That can branch off. They're just like, oh, this is what we're doing. This is what we have to do. And it's not like, oh, yeah. we're stuck in a time loop yep. where, I don't know. It, I think it was, I think what made it better, underrated, I guess, is that it's uh, not too complex where it's. And I guess. so Like Butterfly Effect with yeah. Ripples, which oh, Butterfly yeah. Effect was a pretty good movie. But it's derivative and it's, it's, it can be hard to follow if you blink your eye for a second, like you miss out. But. This movie, yeah, you're right. And I have to touch on Gerard Butler again because at the end, he's got this, like, Lady Claire. Is yeah. It, yeah. And so he finds her and he's this, like, historian that, like, loves the craft and, like, he could care less about the money. He just wants to figure this all out. And he talks about it with Paul Walker. And at the end of the movie, he meets this woman and he's back in time and he knows that it's, like, it's a bad thing for him because back in time, you're going to get the plague or you're going to get something else and it's going to be terrible or whatever. But he just loves it. And he's so into it that he's like, I'm going to stay. You guys go. And that to me was like, ah, oh, yeah. And that's then perfect in the beginning of the movie, he was studying himself. Yes, and it was so perfect, Fucking genius. And I watched like if you, if you, you just gotta watch it again. And maybe we'll do like some narration that they didn't do, like in the you know, the DVD commentary. We'll just do it because I can. Oh, I can do better than that director, and I will give people what they want. All right. So, so next, my number one. Most overrated movie of all time, Anaconda. Oh! Don't scream! You're gonna pop the mic. Uh, <laughs> Don't scream! You're gonna pop the mic. Uh, yeah. So that was the first R-rated movie I've ever seen. Okay. It came out in '94. I didn't watch it when it was in '94 because I was four years old. I don't remember when I watched it. We had it on VHS. Um. VHS. VHS. Back and, in the day. Okay, so let me break it down for you. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, uh-huh. Owen Wilson, uh-huh. John, John Voight. Boy, who's going to be here next week? Um, who'll be here next week? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. The uh, the guy from Pitch Black. Uh, John's from Pitch Black. I can't remember his name. He's famous. Uh, he's in. He's like a bad guy in movies, kind of. Like a good guy, bad guy. Let me find uh, him. I don't know. You know who he is. You, you'll know him once you see him. Um, dude, I mean, it suspenseful. A little, you know, kind of keeps you on edge. Um, yeah, no, not him. Not him. Uh, Danny Trejo? Danny Trejo was in it? Yeah, Danny Trejo was in that opening scene. Um, it's No, it's oh boy. Not him. He's not, he's not even on the top build. He's down below. Nope, he's not even showing up. 
Keep Maybe it wasn't his. Maybe I'm thinking that Eric Stoltz guy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking of Eric Stoltz. Okay, so I was totally <laughs> wrong. It's not him. But anyway, I haven't seen it in a while. Anyways, yeah, um, yeah they're fighting a giant snake. Uh, everyone likes snakes on a plane. I mean, that got terrible ratings because it was a terrible movie. Wait, but, um, dude, I just love that. Well, movie. but in Anaconda, everybody should see it. Now, don't watch Anaconda two and three and four. I was gonna five say because that is awful. Anaconda, um, there was like Anaconda blood. Diamond yeah, the, the blood or orchid. Something. Blood orchid. Yeah, is or- what it was. And I saw that in theaters, and it was so. You terrible. went on it. Th- well, yeah, that's your. And problem. it ruined the entire like series. No, Anaconda was so good. Um, Ice Cube and J Lo live. <laughs> you just gave away the spoiler alert. Hi, it's not. It was on ninety ninety four. You haven't seen it yet. You're probably <laughs> yeah, not going to see it. Uh, just go see it. Just just watch it and enjoy it. Uh, John Voight's got a bad accent in it. Yeah, he's weird. Um, I want to ask him about that. When he's here. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what his motivation was for that accent. Yeah, we gotta figure that out. I just think, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, my that's one of my that and. Blue Streak. So Blue Streak, this is way off topic. My favorite movie, and it was rated like a seven something, so I can't put it on underrated. But that's my favorite movie ever. Uh, some trivia in case this comes up at like a bar trivia or something like that. Uh, just so you guys know. Uh, so watch Blue Streak and then Anaconda, or the other way around. I don't care. Whatever you guys want to <laughs> do. Care whatever you guys want to do. Uh, best two movies ever made. I'll say Anaconda. I Anaconda was okay because it was scary. And it was the first one I saw where it was like this exotic, like we're in the wilderness and like this is the horror. When he I cuts guess. dude's throat open, yeah, because it was with like the straw and pulls the. That wasp was. Out. I will say that's what that's back when like slasher films were like starting to take off, and it's like this whole Eli Roth or Robert Rodriguez like you got to cut people up and like get gore everywhere to do this. Like being in the wilderness and seeing like some animal doing it rather than a person, I could see that being. Something that is that is great and something that is underrated. I wouldn't say it's criminally underrated. You would. It is. But <clears throat> that's where we're at. It should be right up there with like Citizen Kane. <laughs> Citizen, Citizen Kane is not underrated. Citizen Kane, Anaconda. I feel like Shawshank I can honestly say Citizen Kane is overrated. No, I'm saying when you make a when people make a list of the best movies. It's like Shawshank Redemption, Citizen yeah, yeah, Kane, right, Shinner's right. List, shit like that. And then the it should be no, 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 no. It's above. It's above Shinner's List, definitely. Uh, it's above. I, you know, like Shawshank, Forrest Gump, Anaconda, uh, you know, shit like that. So check it out. Check it out. Um, so this is my number one, my number one underrated movie ever. It's The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and I feel like. It's it's got a cult following as this underrated movie, but not enough for me to be like, okay, I'm gonna take it off my list because it's done pretty well. Because I will tell people and they'll be like, you know what, that was pretty good, but it's not something where it's like the, you, that was totally underrated. Because I think online it's got like a five point, it's got it's got to have a five point something, but it's a terrible five point something, like a five point four. And the Leave Extraordinary Gentleman was the, I, I mean, if you don't know, it's the best movie ever made. And it always will be forever, and you're welcome. So, it's Sean Connery as Alan Quartermain, or as he would say, Alan Quartermain. Uh, and he's, like, brought to this uh, allegiance of extraordinary gentlemen to take down the 
bad guy or what I can't remember the bad guy's name. Honestly, like it's been, it's been a while since I've seen it, but it is the best movie ever. In the opening when they're chasing uh Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and so it's beautifully shot. It's great. Uh that there's a couple of like so Alan's big thing, Sean Connery's big thing is that he could shoot really far. But with he's a getting rifle. old. Like but he's getting old. So he's just breathe, just breathe take your time. That's what he's saying to Shane West, who plays uh Tom Sawyer? Yeah. Tom Sawyer, who was not even in the original League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. They just plugged him in to Americanize the thing. Um, but I'm not talking against that. I'm talking for it because patriotism, right? Um, but so he's he's a long shot, and he's just getting old. So he's getting out of the business. But at the beginning, he's like the guy's running away from the library, and he's just like sitting there, and they're like, it's got to be a 500-yard shot or whatever. The guy's like, you're not going to make that. And then he's like, oh. I'm getting old. And then he just pulls puts the shotgun up on. to him and says, yeah. Puts his glasses on. Yeah, puts his glasses on, pulls the shotgun up to whatever. Throws shoots like, yeah, yeah, 900 yards. Hits the guy. It's over. And that's like the most coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then they start moving on to these other people. Because you've got, uh, what's the guy whose uh, painting goes backwards? Dorian. Dorian Gray. Um, who was played by this impeccably beautiful British actor. Um, and then uh, equalized by the Raven girl or whatever her name was. She was the Batgirl, and she was beautiful as well, like one of my first crushes in cinema. Um, and so he just joins this league. The Invisible Man was like comedic relief throughout yeah. the whole thing, and I thought that was awesome. And it takes like it takes a hit for being like this canty, like weird thing or whatever. But I thought that was like it was a, it was it was well shot. The Nautilus. Um, then riding around in that submarine with Captain, uh, Nemo. Captain Nemo and then going around and, and fighting crime in Venice of all places like Venice, yeah. Italy they destroyed Venice Cannavale which or whatever. doesn't follow because Venice no, is still around all. Which is, and uh, I will say that that scene where uh, not very Shane, historical. West, Shane West asked Tom Sawyer like shoots a firework like outside of the uh, the uh, car through the, the car, car where he hits yeah. over he hits over Venice on the thing and then like shoots the gun at the firework and then explodes everything like, that's a little too much I get it and that's what everybody points to and says this movie's terrible. But in the grand scheme of things, it was the Avengers of its time. Because you brought together all these fictional characters into one thing. You had Sean Connery to lead it, who I guess probably now would say that's the stupidest decision he's ever made. I think, I, I think no, he's like come out. No, stupidest said, like, decision Sean Connery's ever made was not taking uh, the Gandalf Oh, yeah, you're right. Because he, got, he was going to get a share of the movies. Right. And they did the math. He would have made like... Four hundred million dollars, yeah. and he said he didn't know anything about the book, so he yeah. didn't want to be a part of the movie. So second, second worst yeah. decision of his life was this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But really, in reality, I think it was one of the best decisions of his life because it's just a great flick. And I, I don't. I, this is one of those things where I don't have much to back it up. Like I can't pick out specific things. I don't know the director. The so way it makes you feel. I don't know the style. Yeah, it. it's just one of those things. Like. Like a like a Galaxy Quest or something like that, where when I saw it, it was like, you know, I I feel good about this movie, and I want to watch it again. And then people are like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. You want to just watch it? So we just did it, and that's that's where I'm at with the entire thing. But yeah, there it goes. So there there it goes. That's just sound out right there. that's our top yeah, three. You just made it through. That's the, over under right there. The first over under podcast. You made it this far. Um, 
you're a better person than I. <laughs> I'd have probably gave up. I'm getting tired of going. Yeah, I'm getting tired of listening to him. You know what? And we're gonna do this. We'll do it more, and we'll do it with other things because movies, like in and of itself, is enough that we can talk about and kind of wrap back and forth without doing research. And maybe if we had done more, we would have found better ones. But like that's where we're at. So we literally we wanna, came up with this yeah. idea. 30 minutes before recording. We're so, like, you know what? We're going to gamble. <laughs> this over-under is going to be the best thing you guys have ever heard. Uh, so that's where we're at right now. So I guess if we don't hear anything like next week, it'll be like TV shows or something. It's also cinematic, but not, you know, something that's completely yeah, out I mean, of my one. It can be anything. We'll, we'll, we'll ponder on it. And uh, that's it. And they won't be this long in the future. How, how long is this? It's, it's an hour. That's Okay. They won't be. They won't they're not going to be this long. long. We're, they're going to. We're going to keep them between. You're going to cut it anyway. We'll, what am I going to cut? We've talked we're for an hour, fifteen minutes continuously. Yeah, you're right. Because um, we're having so much fun. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but we're out of beer anyway, so we got to be done. Yeah, you're right. We got to be done. <laughs> we got to go get some. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.